You're listening to Real Talk with MBK, a podcast designed to raise emotional and relational consciousness. I'm your host, Mary Beth Konis. Real Talk with MBK will regularly cover sensitive topics, so this podcast is for adults only and may contain adult language. Also, Real Talk with MBK is not offering any psychiatric or medical diagnoses. We're here to open up conversation about the beautiful, gritty experience of being human. So if you're ready to awaken your mind and ignite a more creative approach to your life, you're in the right place, and welcome. Hoo-wee! There is nothing quite like parenting to highlight one's emotional intelligence. Kids are the perfect slash worst spotlights for a parent's emotional well-being and capacity and whatnot. And what I didn't know until recently, I always say that recently, (laughs) A lot has happened in the last few years. Um, But what I didn't used to know was that it is not difficult to gain emotional intelligence or relational intelligence. So I just want everyone to listen to this today and not feel shame or guilt for any parts that they might see in their own lives where they're lacking because I was lacking severely. Like, I was just telling my parents the other day, I was like, I'm, you know, it was really touch and go there for a little while. And I mean, like a few years of whether or not I was going to be able to raise my kids out of the chaos that we were in, or if we were just going to stay in it forever, because I wasn't quite sure how to get the hell out of it. I have since come out the other side and now we can all laugh about it and have a jolly little chuckle Um, but it wasn't that way for a while and I was terrified that I was leading my kids on to into a path of just emotional chaos and you know all the things I didn't know were highlighted in the grief and the loss of their dad and the divorce and all of that Um, and that has just been more and more exemplified, I will say, in the last six months or so. What I've noticed with my kids is they're getting older. You know, my daughter just turned 10 and my son will be eight soon. And I see how they're watching me when I have people over, when I'm around my friends, they'll just come in and out and pass. And and usually it's mostly... Um, my daughter, she's older and just more relationally aware. And so she'll listen to the way I tell stories and she'll listen to the way I recount stories that she was a part of too, you know, and I'm like, man, she's paying attention. If I embellish, if I leave out specific parts, um, if I only give half truths or whatever, she'll notice And she may not call me out on anything, but I know well enough to know that she is 
listening and in her listening and paying attention to me, it's shaping her belief system and the way that she should present herself in the world. And my God, that is such a weighty and sacred position to have in my kids' lives. And all of us parents have it. So um, when we're on the phone, my kids know when I'm talking to a solicitor because I have a very different tone. They know when I'm talking to my friends or family and um, they're just picking up on all of that and how, how an adult might operate in the world in all the different facets and environments that we might find ourselves in. So part of having emotional intelligence is being aware of that, being aware of all the little tiny cues that we're giving our kids every single day, every single time they're around us, we're saying, this is okay, this is not okay, this is acceptable behavior, this is unacceptable behavior. And I'm not talking about like sharing and name calling and things like that. I'm talking about the way we treat the servers at the restaurants, the way we respond when we find a $20 bill um, on the floor, the way we, um, you know, even handle drunk people um, or sad people or annoying people, you know, like there have been people who have come into our little personal bubbles and have just been crazy obnoxious or off the wall. And my kids are looking at me like, what in the hell are you going to do about this? You know, and then they see how I react and then we debrief and we talk about it afterwards. And I kind of give them my thinking behind it. But, um, the point of, parenting is to raise functioning human beings, right? People who can handle their own emotions and make space for other people in their lives and achieve their goals and success and what success is measured by and how to find the tools when you don't have them and and such like that. So I just want to challenge all the parents. I mean, God, parenting is already a challenge. Like who needs another fucking challenge when it comes to parenting? (laughs) But here's the thing I am. I'm going to, I'm going to call this out and I do it to myself. Like this is, this is my, if you talk to any of my friends, this is me. Um, we have our kids for a certain amount of time in our house and under our umbrella of leadership and influence and that we just don't get, we don't get to pass on that. We don't get to say, eh, I'll let the school fill in those holes. I'll let the church tell them how to do that. I'll, I'll lean on the grandparents there and this and that. Here's the thing. Yes, it, takes a village, right? And we all need support. However, you are the primary, you are the lead, you are the beginning and the end of what goes in and out of the home and the um, nurturance of the kids. So people can come in and support and even I love it when my kids are at the age now where 
other people can have opposing views and differing beliefs. And I love having those conversations with my kids. I'm like, yay. Because when I was growing up, that wasn't acceptable to believe differently. And what I mean by acceptable is this is like, this is the language that I was taught my whole life. Oh, we love the person. We don't agree with their lifestyle or their choices or their belief there, whatever. And I'm, that was always so fucking confusing to me. I'm like, Matt, it doesn't make sense because I don't differentiate that person from maybe their beliefs or what they're doing. Okay. And a lot of times that was in regards to homosexuality and, but also just beliefs about gods, different gods or different spiritual perceptions and things like that. So those are all like kind of quote unquote dangerous just because in my non-denominational evangelical world, they didn't really know how to embrace other beliefs. I mean, they wouldn't embrace them. That's not really an option because they know the right one Um, or have found the absolute truth, which I get it. That's a certain way to believe that is not the way I'm raising my kids. I really, my goal in parenting is to raise critical thinkers and free thinkers. So any sort of conditioning, whether that's in politics or in American history or in religion or anything, I embrace the challenge of, um, going deeper again. Okay. Well, why? (laughs) One time my daughter came home in kindergarten and was like, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln were the best, best presidents ever. And I was like, Oh no. I'm like, why, why were they the best? She's like, I don't know. That's what this paper says. I'm like, okay, that is not the whole truth. That is first of all, very subjective and it needs to be addressed that there was so much more like why was he the greatest president or they the greatest president sure they did amazing things right abolished slavery awesome way to go I don't really know that much about history so I can't really get into all the details of why they were great but I know they did good things that doesn't make them great people and the greatest presidents ever because that's that statement alone is operating at such a low vibration of intelligence because how can you judge a person like that? Any person, this is the best person ever because they abolished slavery. Okay. That's one part, right? What was he like in his personal life? We don't know. What was he like as a dad? I don't know those things. Do you know those things? No, I don't know those things. Well then don't say this is the greatest president ever because Truly, there could have been better presidents, right? We don't know the ins and outs of all of them, but this is the way I talk to my kids. I mean, I don't get that dramatic about it, but the point is to challenge these like status quo statements that are just thrown out there. Like, this is the one true God. Oh, that's going to really rub some people the wrong way. Um, And I'm not saying that it's not, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying my kids need to know why they believe that within themselves, not because they just heard that that's what it is. I want them to understand why. I want them to go full circle with that thought 
or that belief and not just take it because that's what this person that they admire believes or this person who seems to have their whole life together has said is the truth. Like, no, that's not how um, sustainable beliefs and unshakable truth is found. And I've learned this the hard way because I believed everything. I was very shaped and molded into a certain way um, growing up. But I was not made to be a conditioned thinker and a simple thinker. I was made to be, oh God, out of the box is like an understatement. But I mean, I challenge my own fucking thoughts and beliefs all the time. I'm like, but why? I'm like, this is what I believe. And then I'm like, but why do you believe that? And I'm like, let's go over it again. And, and I reserve the right and the freedom and the permission to change my beliefs and my thoughts and my perspective on anything ever at any time. And that is like, oh God, it's like a lifeline. It's like, it's, I don't even, I can't even think of the biggest freedom picture ever, but that's what it is for my personality. I just need that freedom to be able to move outside the box and jump in and out whenever I want to. And, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a flighty person because I have very solid character and I know who I am. Um, and things like that. So it's not like I'm like, one day I believe lying is okay. And the next day I don't believe lying is okay. It's not like that. Um, I'm talking about, you know, those philosophical ideas about God, about morality, about relationships, um, and things like that. So, um, parenting, can be a challenge. It is a challenge for everyone, whether you're on autopilot or not. My encouragement is to switch out of autopilot gear and get into conscious parenting gear, um, which takes even more work. It takes more emotional output in the beginning, for sure. But the reward... And the payoff of that is far beyond what it, what I even put in. I mean, it's already happening. So my kids again are eight and almost or almost eight and ten. And this year, it's starting to pay back. Like my daughter has been saying stuff, and I'm like, oh man, they're getting it, you know? Because I'll say they'll say, so and so said that this kind of music is bad for your brain, you know, pop music. And I was like, okay, well, what do you believe about that? What do you think about that? I don't think that's true. And my son's like, no, I think, you know, what's good for your brain and the way your brain grows is by learning and listening to other people. And I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing that a seven-year-old can say that. And I'm like, I think you're exactly right. Because if you have a mindset to learn from any and all people, whether they believe similarly to you or not, you are going to fucking grow. Um, So the fact that my seven-year-old can begin to understand that, I was just patting myself on the back. I'm like, you did it, girl. You did it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so it's those little wins though that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all going to pay off one day. And then even this morning, my son brought me a piece of cardboard box <laughs> that he had torn off. And he wrote on there, thank you, mommy, I love you, and drew a picture of himself, <laughs> which was the cutest picture ever. But I'm like, what are you thanking me for? And he was like, um, for being my mom. I'm like, oh, come on. That's fucking gold right there. And there, the, thing, the thing of it is, is this is my kid who for years, I want to say six years, five and a half, six years, it was questionable whether or not he believed anyone loved him. So I poured out and poured out and poured out and poured out and nurtured and cared for him and was tender towards him most of the time. Okay, I'm not perfect. And I d definitely have a strong personality. Um, and he constantly would question it, constantly question my love. Anytime I'd raise my voice, and by raising my voice, I mean, get your stuff off the floor, okay? So that's my that's what we call my stern voice. Anytime I do that, he would immediately say, I don't think you love me anymore. I'm stupid. I'm the worst kid ever, and I'm going to go and be an orphan. And I'm like, wait, what? No. Oh, my God. That's not what I meant by clean up your shit, you know, and I, I don't ever cuss around like at my kids ever, but, um, he was still getting this implicit message, right? That he wasn't worth my love if he failed to remember to pick up his shoes. So that was a battle for six years of just proving my love to him. And it was exhausting. And, and I was like, this is how his dad was too. And so it was very concerning to me, mental health. His mental health was a concern to me for a while. And it always is in the back of my mind. Like I'm always looking for new tools to take preventative action against, against any genetics there. But um, one day it just hit me and I said, buddy, when I have a stern voice, when I have a happy voice, when I have a distracted voice, when I have a mellow voice and calm and sleepy. That's his favorite voice of mine, he said. Like when I'm just like this. Yeah, buddy, I love you, okay. But I'm like, no matter what my voice is, my love stays the same, okay? So I drew a line like through the air, a straight line. And I was like, that's my love for you. When my voice is stern, that's very low. And I drew a line down. I'm like, but that didn't change my love for you. And I'm like, when my voice is excited and I'm so happy and I'm so proud of you and whatever, my voice is up and high and I drew a line up. But I go, that doesn't change my love for you. I still love you the same. And I go, so it doesn't matter what my feeling is in the moment or what the situation is. My love always stays the same. It doesn't ever change. And we used to play this game where it was like, I love you, I love you more, I love you more. And I'm like, no, we don't need to compare love. Okay, first of all, my kids can get really competitive with the comparisons. Um, but that also feeds into this idea of you can do like more love or less love. And and it's like an exchange of taking away and giving more. 
And I didn't want to do that. I don't want to teach my kids that that's something that you can um, measure or drip out or dose out. Like, love is to be given fully. It's not to be hoarded or um, dosed out. Like, I don't believe in those ideas about love. And so I wanted to teach my kids love is lavish and it's all the time. And the feeling of love can come and go sometimes, but true love stays steady, all right? So, and it can deepen, but it's consistent and it's like not manipulative and shifty. So that's a really big concept that maybe I can dive into later, but... um, Once I laid out that little picture for my son, my love never changes for you, actually. It's always the same. Um, Whether I'm happy with you or I'm upset with you, I still love you the same. And it's something snapped in him. Like, it just changed. And from that day on, he has never said, oh, yeah, I'm so stupid, you don't love me. I'm just worse, you hate me. Like, he doesn't say that anymore. Um... He'll, he'll in fact say, I know you still love me, even though you have that angry voice right now. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly right. I am very angry and I do still love you. Okay, we'll get back to it, you know, whatever. Um, so it's an amazing thing, but all of that story to tell you when my son comes in with a sign on a cardboard box that says, thank you, mommy, I love you. And he's just thanking me for being his mom like that took work an investment for my boy to feel that way. Um, But it's possible. Like, you look at kids and sometimes you think, they'll never change. This is just the way they are, whatever. God, nurture goes a long fucking way if you can commit to it. And it does take a lot of conscious effort to be um, a conscious parent. But the payoff is generations deep. So it's so beyond just your home. It really changes the psyche of your little humans. And so I highly encourage it. This is one of many that we'll talk about conscious parenting because it is one of my heartbeats. And I love it. So hit me up with any questions. Be sure and share this and encourage the other parents in your life. And um, we'll talk next time. This conversation isn't just for me and you. It's for friends, family, colleagues, and our children. Please spread the enlightenment with your people. If you found this content to be helpful, be sure to leave a favorable review wherever you're listening from. And if today's real talk was really talking to you, send it to a loved one so they can join the conversation. Thank you again for listening and investing in the betterment of you and the world around you.